0: Hey everybody! Welcome to the Multi Family Legacy Podcast. I'm your host Corey Peterson. Today is like a day of no other. The sun is out. It's warm and on a November day, and I'm super excited to be here. I'm glad that I am no longer sick. My gallbladder is taken out. I've recovered. Life is good, my friends, and I just want to share that joy with you. Um, you know, we're coming and rolling in. As I'm recording this, we're getting ready to roll into Thanksgiving. And man, I'm so thankful for so many things, thankful for my health, I'm thankful for my family, I'm thankful for my friends, the wonderful people that surround me, and more importantly, I'm thankful for you. This podcast is one of the things that I truly love to do. I'm excited to teach and learn and grow and just share my mistakes, my blunders, the good, the bad, the ugly. All the things with you so you can go along on your journey and hopefully not all make all the mistakes that I have. So buckle up, buttercup. Uh, we're getting ready to, to go on some more journeying. We are still in that uh, journey to legacy wealth. This is going to be part four. And today, we're really, you know, last week we talked about choosing markets and, you know, understanding job growth and, and trying to, you know, how do, how do you buy right in the right areas. Today, we're gonna kind of change gears a little bit, talk about a little more about operations. And when I talk about operations, normally, we are not doing operations in-house. What I'm talking about is management hacks and ideas to help grow your business. And most of the times when we're talking about managing, we're not talking about you doing it, right? This is usually third-party service. And when most of us start out now, eventually, as you grow, and and we're almost there, I would say we're about a year away, maybe a year and a half away from maybe wanting to turn and look at self managing all our assets. I only want to do it if I set it up correctly. And I want to have enough Money, we're currently probably paying maybe six or seven hundred thousand dollars in management fees out yearly. And I think I want to try to get to that million point two threshold before I actually turn on my own internal management companies. And the only reason I would do that is to actually control the product. Uh, Because I don't think management companies make lots of money, but I do think you can control your overall product a lot more if you are managing and you have systems and people. So you've got to get up to where you have enough money to be able to afford your staff to do this. But so today, we don't want to get into all that, why you should self-manage, but I really want to talk about management hacks, right? And really managing the manager. What are some of the things you've got to do? And before we even do that, what does a management company do for you? What's their roles? What's their responsibility? And so let's just kind of break that down for a minute and give you guys a little bit of idea of what you should expect from a management company. You know, one is they are going to actively do the day-to-day operations of your property. And in that is a long list of stuff. So one is manage your staff. If you're buying something that's 100 units or more, You tend to have staff that work full time at the property. It could be a property manager and usually a maintenance person or two maintenance persons or a manager, a leasing person, a maintenance person, and like, you know, one that's not so skilled maintenance person or maybe one that just focuses on turns, things like that. And so staff, managing staff, anytime you put people into the mix, it is even way more critical on your systems, processes, and procedures. And so one of the very first things you wanna ask when you're interviewing a management company is, what is your system and process for this? Can you show me your systems and process? Can you show me the written down version of it? Because kids, If it's not written down, I'm just telling you right now, it ain't happening. It ain't. If your management company doesn't have a written process, how do they find your staff, right? What's the process for that? You better know. Are they doing any psychological backgrounds? Are they doing Colby tests? You know, are they doing disc profile? What are they doing to make sure they get and find the correct staff when one leaves? Or when you take over an asset, what's their process for properly screening and interviewing the current staff and selecting if they get to stay or they have to go and then if they go how do you replace them who is there someone that brings in is there somebody that's managing that chair from the corporate level as we try to train and get a new manager up to speed or are they just going to slap a new manager and say you know hang on for the ride because hanging on for the ride is usually not a pretty good idea that's usually a pretty sucky idea and but i see management companies do it a lot so Do I believe that management companies have a shelf life? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. I will confirm that. Doesn't mean that they're bad. I just think there is a shelf life. Sometimes some are a lot shorter than others. But when you do find a great management company, which is what you should do and hold out till you find one that that makes you feel and gives you all the proof that they're good, keep them for as long as you can. Keep them for as long as you can. You maybe get a, what's my shelf life value? Five to seven years, I feel like. After that, maybe it's time to make changes or I don't know. But I think just like contractors, sometimes management companies get complacent and you have to kind of wake them up or with sometimes it's giving another property away that they thought they were going to get. And they're like, well, how come I'm not getting that? Well, because here's what I want and here's what I'm not getting. So you got to play this management game. What else are they responsible for? They're responsible for collecting all the rent. And what is their system and procedure for collecting the rent? Do they take checks? Which I highly don't recommend. ACH is how we do it, right? We make sure our management company has an ACH process that we adhere to, right? I make them adhere to it. What's their process for repairs? Like they should do all the repairs to your property. And if not, If they're not doing it in-house, that they're subbing it to third-party contractors. Do they have a system for vetting third-party contractors? How do you pay these people? They're responsible for budgets, giving you a budget each and every year and updating that budget each and every year to give you an idea of what they plan to do. If they're not giving you a budget, you shouldn't hire them. If they're not updating that budget annually every year, you shouldn't hire them. They should be doing your financial accounting. Every month, they should be giving you complete financials that are reconciled, reconciled accounts. If they're not reconciled, you should fire them. There's no reason why a management company worth their salt cannot get your accounts reconciled by the 15th of the month. If they're not, they don't know how to t- to a high standard. And you've got to have high standards when it comes to financial accountability. They should be working with your CPA to get what I call, oh gosh, I just it's slipping me right now, to uh, journal entries. Yeah, journal entries. So they're not, they shouldn't be allowed to do journal. Ask them what is their process for journal entries? How do you get a journal entry? That could be like cooking the books, by the way. That's the kind of code word for journal entry. And so journal entries should come from a CPA. A CPA should say, here's why we're going to create these journal entries to get the books right. If there's something wrong and you need to make a correction, it should be issued by a CPA. And really, you know, and then evictions and what's the eviction process. And a lot of times when you ask these questions, you're going to get a lot of different answers and how they handle it. And you want to know what that management companies, what their beliefs are. And choosing your management company is really important, right? It's in operations where they'll either make or break your asset, And if it is not done properly, like if you don't have someone that's really engaged and wants to, and believes that they can change the the needle, make a difference, like you shouldn't hire them. If they are like, well, you know, this, and I'll give you an example of this. One of my first properties ever bought, Lionsgate, I bought it in 2011. It's my first apartment deal. We, I was with a group of guys. So it was me and two other guys. And they had found a management company that they believed was the right one. Now, I didn't really get to vet them out so it kind of was because so I kind kind of came into that deal late in the game. But as we started going, I started seeing a lot of red flags. And one of the red flags that I, I found was like when we're talking about this property called Lionsgate, and they're like, well, you know, Lionsgate, you know it has a reputation. It's a reputation. You know we're gonna we're gonna work really hard on that property. you know it's got a reputation. And to me those were just I call it cell signals. Like, don't buy this bullcrap stuff because they're already victims of stinking thinking. Meaning, as soon as stuff goes wrong, what are they going to blame? The reputation of the, of the property. Well, it's because of the reputation of the property. Bullcrap. Bullcrap. Right? No. No. It's because of you. It's because you, Mr. Management Company, you suck. The property doesn't suck, you suck. And I get passionate about that because it pisses me off. It pisses me off when people don't take accountability for their actions. And you see this in management companies all the time. Okay, so uh, I'm not here to poo-poo management companies but maybe I am. Maybe, because listen, you cannot do enough due diligence in selecting a management company is that vital to your operations and to your business. And if you think you're going to go on it willy nilly, you will fail. My friends, you will find someone that is going to give you lip service and take your money and then say, well, shit, it was the property's reputation. I'm sorry. We've done our best. Meanwhile, thank you for paying me along the way. Don't get me started, but I'm telling you, boy, that gets me fired up, man. It gets me fired up when I see people, they do this, and this happens in life all the time, and people do this all the time, by the way, and everybody's looking for excuses instead of taking you know ownership and really just owning the outcome and saying, hey, because I'll tell you the difference. So we immediately fired these people, by the way. They lasted about a month and a half, and finally I stepped in. I'm like, guys, this is not the right group. They don't even believe in what they're doing, and how can they make a difference if they don't even believe it? You guys know, at the end of every podcast, how I sign off. If you believe it, you can achieve it. And I'm looking at this company, they don't even believe. I already know the answer. I already know how it's going to go down. You don't even have to tell me anymore. After that, that one statement, well, the property's got a reputation. Now, the new management company that we found was like, this property has so much potential. Man, it's, it can be awesome. We can do this. We can fix this. We can do this. We're, we're going to take this property to a whole nother level. Man, do we need to rename it? No, we don't need to rename it. You can't put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. We're going to fix it. We're going to fix it. We're going to do all these little things. We're going to spend money in the right places. We're going to do the things. And we believe that we can even raise the rents almost $100 if we do all these things. Corey, you're going to turn this property around. And that, my friends, is who we hired. And guess what? It happened just as we predicted. And we went hand in hand and moved that asset. And so that really is the difference that I'm talking about is when you approach a management company, they they have to have a belief in what you're trying to do and believe that they can have a believe. And a lot of times they're gonna ask you questions like, how much money do you have? To fix it up, right? Because that's an important question. So they're interviewing you and you're interviewing them. That's what good management companies are going to do. They don't want to take on crappy clients. They don't want to take on people that they are undercapitalized. That have these big ideas but have no budget to do it, right? See that a lot. See that That's the operator's fault. That's not the management company's fault, by the way. That's the operator's fault. So the shoe fits two feet, right? You can go both ways. It's a double-edged sword. Because if you're not doing your job as the operator correctly, how can you expect a management company to flourish and grow and do all the things necessary and and lead a team when if you're undercapitalized, if you don't have all the things ready and needed that you need to do to move the property? It can be very demoralizing for your staff, for your people. Management is one of the most key aspects in this business, bar none. I mean, I think it's probably... It really is one of the key components of being successful. Now, talk about kind of the responsibilities of the management company. Now, what is the responsibility of the owner? Like you, what's your job? It requires what I call some level of asset management. In other words, are you know, you've got to be, at the end of the day, the owner, it all falls back down onto you, the owner. In other words, you've got to be able to start looking at your financials, checking your bank accounts. Your job is to make strategic decisions for your property. For example, do I fix the roof or do I put a whole new roof on the property? That happens a lot. Management companies are like, hey, Corey, man, we got this leak. We think we need to replace all the roofs. You're like, what? How much is it just to repair that one thing? Oh, okay. Well, And now a good management company would say, hey, listen, Corey, here's the cost to fix the roof leak. Here's the cost to put a new roof on. And then hopefully they have an opinion on what they think they should do. And then you have good conversation of like, okay, well, here's why we think we should put a new roof on because, and so I'm doing this right now in some properties that I have. I have three roofs. Now we have 10 buildings, but we're only putting roofs on three and we're fixing some of the rest that have small damage. But there's three buildings that were just like, there's no way that we can, we have to replace the roofs. And so that's what we're doing. But again, that was part of my strategic decision of saying, okay, well, let's fix these and let's replace these because it made more sense, right? That's my big boy pants and big boy decisions that I get to make as the owner. So you get to make the final calls. It does rest on you. And so you've got to understand that you have... You do have that final call and you can, um, you know, steer the ship ultimately. You also should work hand in hand with your management company to set the standard. And what I'm talking about is like, what type of tenant do you want? In other words, what credit score? What kind of income? Do we allow pets? Do we not? Right? All those things. That's something you should work hand in hand with your management company to determine... you can lean on them a little bit. Hey, what have you guys seen? What do you experience in this submarket? What's your thoughts? What do you know? And then communicate as ongoing. So sometimes when you're filled up and you're 100%, you're gonna start raising your qualifications. Why? Because it's a great time to do it. You're 100%. You want the best of the best. We only wanna attract the best tenants when we're 100% full. If we're 75% full, you know, still we wanna attract the best tenants but we may have to loosen a little bit of our standards because we want to get money Uh, but there's some standards that you don't go past like felonies and theft and and there's lots of things that would automatically disqualify you in our process the other part is you got to be able to respond to the property management company when they have questions in other words if you're one of these owners that if a property manager says hey corey Uh, What about this? And if you take four or five days to respond, uh uh-uh, nope. Now, listen, the onus is back on you. You've got to be a very responsive owner. Like, listen, you're never too good to, that. if you're having a third-party management company uh, manage your stuff, you got to be able to, like, come back and make those quick calls. And whatever they need, you should be there. That's just point blank. You should be there. And if you're too busy, so I'll give you an example. And uh, man, sometimes I'm almost in this spot because I'm going on vacations and I'm doing stuff and I'm trying to live my best life. That And this is something we did this year is I was kind of getting too busy running my life. <laughs> and so what did I do? I assigned an asset manager then to manage my management company. And really it just it was another level of, of me. So I am not in the day-to-day. I have an asset manager that I pay that then manages the manager to make sure that we're doing it the way we want to do it. But it's really important. But property management is the key to being successful and making money, right? They can a really great management company will make you lots of money and will love doing so. And will love to take your other projects and help make you money. That's how they get paid. And there's lots of companies out there that do it well and love to do it for a living. And most entrepreneurs that I know are usually not in the detail. They're not detailed people. They're free thinkers of the high level, you know, let me put it all together. And they're not always equipped to do all the the minutious detail stuff that property management companies have to do. And so sometimes this is a great trade-off for speed and productivity is to third party it out. So I highly, 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 highly recommend having a solid management company and finding a solid management company. So how do you find a great management company? I like going to a city and look for their multifamily housing organizations. And usually in those organizations, some of the best management companies will, they'll belong to them because they have a lot of pride. They want to, you know, they're usually awards. And again, these management companies are usually all talking to each other and helping each other grow. And they're normally belonging to bigger associations nationally. And so you can, Google is your friend here. Google is your friend. Find the local meetup groups and things like that for management companies and and then start finding out who's showing up and then get to know them. Also ask for referrals, ask brokers, you know, what management companies they recommend and then start interviewing them. And dude, you got to interview them. Like you're really, don't give them softball questions, put, you know, give them the hard questions. Like tell me about the last time that you had someone file a claim on you for messing up fair housing complaint or something like that and see what they do, see how they respond to that. If they're a seasoned management, dude, they have these stories and they should be able to tell you detailed stories about What happened, how they resolved it, how they move forward. If they don't have those stories, you probably should be a little bit worried. Again, make sure that you're just treating this thing correctly. Now, some of the tips and tricks. How to make more money as a management company or managing properties. Number one, you've got to do annual inspections on your properties. Annual inspections, sometimes semi-annually, every six months. Get your maintenance guys to go in there and truly, and this is all your properties and to see what's wrong see what's broken see what's messed up could be light switches could be fixtures could be little things but like we want to resolve these as we go as much as we can and understand what condition our properties are staying in and or falling down and we want to fix these things as soon as we can allow pets pets are actually good but you've got to do it the right way you've got to have a pet fee and then we try to have a monthly pet Provision, So we're getting monthly money as well if you want a pet, but we are very selective on what kind of pets that we have and the size and what breeds we can't accept. And so we put all this in our leases. So we want small dogs. Understanding that renewals in this business. So how do we get renewals should start like 90 days out, if not even a little bit farther of us getting in front of that tenant and finding out are they going to stay? Do they want to renew? Renewals, if you can get a 65% renewal rate on your properties, dude, you're golden. That is like, you're golden, Pony Boy. I mean, that's the creme de creme. 70% is out of this world. But 65 is a nice gold standard to live by, and if you can do that and you're not turning those properties, those units, each and every year, dude, you're making money. Getting people to stay multiple years is the key to profitability in this business and how do you do that by giving best award-winning service and having a great maintenance team that fix broken stuff when it happens and then a follow-up procedure to make sure that the tenants are happy with the repairs that are done so that's the maintenance and front office working together in a coordinated effort to produce excellence and this there better be a system written down for this process if there's not then there is no system and it, you can be guaranteed that it's not happening at your properties pretty simple but these are things that happen one of the last things i think is i always say what are the little where can you put money to create more profit we like to put a little bit of money in the laundry rooms a lot of times when we buy new properties we'll look at the laundry rooms and go oh my god this is such neglected income place place where we make money and but this is also a place where you can retain tenants women a lot of times will do the laundry and if you don't have a place that looks like a woman would like to be in if it looks scary or spooky or not lit up or dark or getting to it makes them scared or unsafe bad idea bro bad idea you gotta have that thing lit up like a Christmas tree and then give them some amenities. Put a TV in there with some cable. Put some vending machines in there. Make it enjoyable to do stupid laundry because no one likes to do laundry, but make it easy. And then try to get all your machines to take credit cards so you can load up cards and let them use it instead. So and you don't want coin laundry. Okay, we don't wanna take cash. Again, those little things. So we, we like to put money in the laundry rooms. One, another little trick is microwaves, adding microwaves above the stove. You can get the real low profile ones because a lot of times your old apartment buildings have a very small cabinet space. So you can get these really tiny, low profile microwaves that you can put in your properties and man, people love them and they'll actually pay for them. they you know, give them, give you $20 a month to have a microwave because people want microwaves and if it's nice, if it's yours. And here's the best part is those the microwave costs you couple hundred bucks and if you're getting $20 a month in rent additional for that microwave it pays for itself in a year and the microwave's paid for and you can usually get five to seven years of life out of a good microwave now listen everybody builds things to break faster and quicker now so things break I think you know manufacturers know this that's why they do it they want two things to break through five years so you can buy a new one but we've got a microwave that we've had in our house we use our microwave a lot my wife cooks a lot and it went seven years and then it went bye-bye so a good seven-year life out of an apartment whoa that's not bad that's good money that's short money you're going to come out pretty far ahead if you're doing that now what do you pay management companies okay what do you, what do you pay them? Normally, you're going to pay a management minimum. Could be $2,500 to $3,500 minimum every month, no matter what. And then, or 4% of collect all collected rents. 4% seems to be the standard, but I see people that own quite a few units with one management company will get down to three. Three's great. Four's okay, but three's better. And then a lot of times then they'll have also some additional fees of maybe they have a accounting fees. So I've seen some like $500 for accounting. That'd be okay if they did really good accounting and gave me perfect numbers. I would try to negotiate that into their 4%. And the other thing is usually construction management. So a lot of times they'll, they'll charge you another fee based on CapEx construction projects. And that could be 10% of all CapEx. And I've seen that and sometimes less, sometimes five. But in general though, I think it's a lot cheaper than single family. It's still a lot cheaper than single family. And remember, you still have staff. Now, the staff is typically owned by your LLC that has the property, and then your management company manages the staff. And so you can get really good, those staff, they're your staff, don't kid yourself. So if you ever fire your management company, understand a lot of times if you're doing it most management companies do not get licensed in every state they do it by saying those people and staff are your people and they create a payroll out of your account or they use a third party to help do it for them but that way if they leave you get to keep your staff for yours and i do not sign contracts where i do not own my staff because if i ever fire a management company I want to be able to at least have the ability to retain myself. Doesn't mean I get to keep all of them because some of them will just go because they like the people of your management company, but I want my people to be loyal to me. And by the way, how do you make your staff at your properties loyal to you? Touch base with them. I'm constantly, when I hear of good things done at my property by the people that work there, I'm constantly writing thank you cards to them saying, so proud of you. Like I'm their biggest cheerleader. I champion my team and my staff. Even though they're managed by my management company, I let them know that they're important to me. And then I show up at least twice a year. Show up to my properties and shake hands. I make calls through, uh, periodically to each property and just, you know, love on them. Tell them that you're thinking about them and just checking in. See how, you know, what's going on. What should I know? What should I not know? What's your biggest need right now? What's your biggest want? Things like that. I think that's really is how you get loyalty to your people, to you. And and you can share that with your management company. And you don't want to get in the way, but you definitely want to be known as the owner. I think it's important to be known from your staff as the owner. And they should know, like, and trust you. I think it's important. I go to a lot of properties. They don't have have no idea who the owner is. I think it's a mistake because I think we're in the people business. And I think people will work harder for something that they believe in. And so for that, guys, property management is crucial in this business. Take the time to search around, ask great questions, get involved in finding and choosing a great management company because they will make your life easy or they can make it extremely hard. More importantly is your belief about this management company. Like anything else in life, and the way the world works is you've got to believe that you can find great people out there in life. If you believe it, you can achieve it. And guys, your paradise is absolutely possible. Have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Love you guys all to death.